You're listening to the PMO Strategies Podcast, where PMO leaders become impact drivers. This is episode 243. Well, hey there, impact driver. Welcome to the PMO Strategies Podcast. I am your host, Laura Bernard. Over the last several episodes, I've been breaking down Cyforma's PMO Outlook Report for 2024. And I've done this the last couple of years because there's a lot of really interesting data that comes out of this, and there's not that many sources that are doing reporting specifically on the challenges of PMO and strategy delivery people. And I love the way this report breaks down the biggest challenges, and then I've been breaking down the data to actually read into what that information is telling us and then share with you what I think you should be doing about these challenges if they also represent where you are struggling. And today we are going to address the age old resource constraints, resource management problem. And I got to tell you, I'm a little frustrated. So we're going to dive into why I'm frustrated and what you might wanna do about it if resource management is a challenge you're facing as you're trying to help your organization achieve its strategic goals. Before we dive in, this episode is sponsored by the Impact Engine System. This is our end-to-end implementation program for PMOs, strategy delivery teams, transformation teams, strategy operations, all the functions that are designed to help an organization achieve its strategic goals. That's right. You're not there to solve project management problems. You're there to help your organization achieve its strategic goals with a higher return on investment much faster. Doesn't matter what kind of organization you're in, you must be helping to accelerate impact. That's where the impact engine system comes in. I take you step by step by step on the journey of building, running, accelerating, elevating, and even rescuing a PMO or strategy delivery function. I take you through the minds of your executives so that you can understand where their challenges are, what frustrations they might have, and all the places you're not looking where you have huge opportunity to help them make an impact. And all without selling the value of your team and instead have your stakeholders and business leaders begging for more. We have had successes with individuals with only one person part-time trying to set up a PMO, all the way to global organizations needing to scale, transform, and drive higher impact much faster. Your executives want you in the Impact Engine system and the Impact Accelerator Mastermind, where you're getting the hands-on guidance, support, and coaching that you need from me and other coaches that have been there, done that again and again. So if you're looking for the solution to help you elevate your impact and ensure that you get that seat at the table along the way, then you need to be in our program. Just go to pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. I cannot wait to welcome you into the program. Okay, let's talk about resource management challenges. So I wasn't completely surprised to see that resource management was still the biggest challenge for PMO leaders and project practitioners and even executives in organizations with this 2024 Outlook report. And that is frustrating to me. 
And let me tell you why. Because there are answers, there are ways to solve the problems that PMO and strategy delivery people have, and certainly that the project practitioners have when it comes to managing resources, allocating resources, utilizing resources. And it doesn't all have to be about adding more resources. 46% of the people that responded to this survey said that resource management was their number one challenge. Now, if you have not listened to the prior episodes, the data across the board was like this for the top four challenges. 46% said resource management, 29% said project prioritization, 17% said visibility and reporting, and 8% said project financial management. Okay, now a lot of that is geared towards technology solutions. And so what we see people do is say, okay, great. I want to actually solve this problem by adding software. And if you've been listening to my episodes, you know that that's not where you start. That's where you finish, not where you start. First, you need to get a solid foundation of fixing the fundamental problems across the strategy lifecycle using a thorough assessment process like we teach in the Impact Engine system and getting to the root causes. And then once you do, you have to solve for those problems. And lack of software is not usually the root cause solution. It's usually about shifting mindsets, helping people understand how to do the work well, getting good, streamlined process in place, and all of the things we've been talking about with respect to what your executives care about and what they really need around strategic alignment, prioritization, and the proper governance and oversight. If you do all of those things before the projects start, you're going to have a lot fewer resource problems. So the number one thing you can do is fix the root cause of this resource management challenge. If almost half of the PMO people out there are saying that their biggest problem is resource management and shoving more resources at it was the solution, so many people wouldn't have an issue with resource management. So what we have to do is actually look at what is causing this resource management challenge, this resource constraint problem, and what do you actually need to do to solve it? Because most of you probably can't solve it with just shoving more resources at it because you don't have any more resources. And then those that do, it doesn't actually prove to address the root cause. So you end up not actually solving the problem and it just presents other ripple effect challenges across the whole strategy lifecycle instead of just simply addressing the root cause problem, which probably has nothing to do with the number of resources you have. Okay, so before I go into some of these other solutions, here is some of the detail underneath that 46% that said resource management was their biggest challenge. Here are the places that they actually said that they were most challenged. Capacity planning was 50% of those folks. Resource allocation was 27%. Resource utilization was 16%. Tracking the skills of those resources was 4%. And managing contractors was 2%. So as you can see, Capacity planning, allocation, and utilization seem to be the biggest challenges because if you add all those numbers up, it's almost everybody that responded saying resource management was their number one problem. Okay, so what are we going to do about it? If resource management and most specifically capacity planning, resource allocation, and resource utilization are a challenge, I bet I know why. Because you're probably experiencing challenges with not knowing what resources are doing what activities. You're probably getting pressure to increase the utilization numbers 
And it's hard to allocate resources when the functional managers are starting to embed other little projects in this whole process that are things that aren't even related to the portfolio that you're supposed to be overseeing. So the project people are saying, I have somebody tied to my project that is supposed to be working on it, let's say 50%, and I'm only getting about four hours a week of their time. Something's not adding up. So all of those capacity planning, resource allocation, resource utilization challenges are all connected. And the reason they never go away, the reason it keeps showing up on this report is simply because you're not addressing the root cause of this resource management challenge. Capacity planning, you can't plan when you don't even know what resources are doing. You don't have clear priorities and you don't have alignment with the strategy. And if the people on your projects are being pulled in two directions, one, to help deliver on the strategic goals through the projects that you're overseeing, and two, the goals of their functional managers and the pet projects and all the other, oh, wait, I forgot about this kind of activities. Like we got to keep the lights on or the trains running and making sure the projects are still important, but we got to make sure we take care of the customers we have if we want to keep that revenue coming in for the work we've already done. So what do you do to address resource management challenges? And why is adding more resources not actually fixing it? So let's say you did get to add more resources sometimes that can be useful. Like if you are building a PMO and you're a PMO of one and you need to add more people to deliver on the services that need to be created and rolled out across the organization. Sure, adding more people can help. But if you have 863 projects across the entire organization and you don't have enough resources to do it, adding more resources may not fix it. And here's why. Because Simply adding more bodies to a problem that's just going to keep perpetuating itself is going to mean that you're going to get diminishing returns on throwing more people at a problem. Usually, when we see resource management challenges in an organization, it's because the executives are trying to do more work to achieve their strategic goals than the energy, focus, funding, and people that they have to do it. It's not always just about the people. That is a part of it, but there's a much bigger problem that's likely happening. You might actually have a prioritization problem. So what's interesting is that resource management was the number one challenge and project prioritization was the second challenge. Actually, usually those are the same problem. What you actually have going on is executives are trying to do what we call shoving 10 pounds of projects in a five pound bag. Instead of looking at it as the resources are the problem, How about we look at it as the prioritization is the problem? And what happens when you do this is you actually get closer to the root of the problem so that you can fix that. So let's flip this entire challenge upside down. If your executives are trying to do too many projects and priorities are not clear, then there's no way you'll ever have enough resources to do the work. And throwing more people at the problem doesn't fix it because there's still no clear priority focus, or alignment with the strategic goals. You just end up making things worse. You add more chaos instead of making things better. So while there are some occasions where you just literally don't have a person and there's a skill set that you need and adding that person will do it, great. But if you have so many projects going on that all of your key stakeholders and all of your key project team members are being spread across so many projects at once that you actually have 10% of a person on your projects, 
you're not going to get anything done. Whereas if you had that clear alignment and focus with the strategic priorities, where you had clear line of sight to what success looks like, and you had work prioritized so that it can happen when you actually have the people to do it, you would get more work done in a year, not less. How do I know this? Because we've been doing it again and again and again. When I say we, I'm talking about our company with our clients. I'm talking about our students in the Impact Engine system and in our Impact Accelerator Mastermind. They're doing it all the time. You see what happens is you get this positive ripple effect of improvement when you focus on solving the root cause instead of the symptoms. If you throw more people at it, that's just going to be an excuse for executives to add more projects. Great. Now that I let you hire 10 more people, now we can do these other 16 pet projects that are really nowhere on this prioritization list, but need to get done tomorrow because they're all of a sudden important. Mm-hmm. Right. So you see where I'm going with this? I know you felt this pain. You have to have because at least half of the people that listen to this podcast say that it's their number one complaint. And those that aren't saying it's their number one complaint are usually saying it's their second or third or fourth complaint. It's up there always because we're looking at the symptoms instead of the root cause. So let's look at the root cause, address that, and we're not going to have as many resource constraint challenges, resource problems, resource allocation, resource utilization. Okay, so let's look at the constraint first, and then we'll talk about allocation and utilization. So the constraint problem we have is that the 10 pound projects in a five pound bag problem, right? Okay, so your executives are trying to do too many things at the same time, and therefore there's no way that the work's gonna get done. And that goes back to how do we make sure our goals for this organization, how our executives are defining success is clearly laid out and that the work we do is derived from those goals. What happens in more organizations than I can count is that the strategies defined by a group of executives off on a retreat or in a closed door series of conversations, and then those top executives are responsible for communicating that strategy down. You might get a town hall if you're lucky or some kind of a presentation where it's a one-way communication where the strategy is defined. Great. Poof. Now everybody is a strategy expert. They know what we're trying to do and... The world's going to be full of sunshine and flowers, even though it never has in the past. Somehow, magically, that's going to happen this year. Okay, so we know that doesn't work. So strategy is defined. And even if in your organization you have an opportunity to really understand that strategy, and if you're really blessed with the opportunity to actually derive your projects and your products and your programs and your portfolio and your focus from that strategy, great. But in many organizations... Then comes the time of doing budgets for the different business units and a gazillion other projects get added to the resources plate that have nothing to do with those strategic goals. Or you might have the scenario where projects are defined in one part of the organization in one process and the budget is over in a completely separate process, not in alignment with those strategic priorities. So we have budgets disconnected from strategy, projects disconnected from strategy, and people, the same group of people, being asked to do all of that work. Hmm, I wonder why we're having a resource capacity problem. So what we have to do, what you have to do, is get back to the root, which means we've got to make sure that strategy is set up for success right from the start. 
And if the strategy is set up for success and the work is prioritized in a way that makes it clear and one set of priorities for everyone, then you can have much better chances of success for those projects because the resources are aligned with the project work, not just with the operational work or not in separate budgets or in separate goals. It all needs to be aligned. So strategic alignment has to be there first. Once you have strategic alignment where the strategy is defined, products are defined from that strategy, programs and portfolios and projects are derived from those products and the changes that are needed for those products, then you can be in a place to say, okay, now we also have to account for the operational activity going on and we can't just pretend like that takes no resources. All of that has to come into the picture of doing appropriate prioritization and organization of people to do the work. Then once you've done that, you've begun to address that capacity planning challenge. First, you know what the work is, it's aligned with strategy, it's prioritized well, and then we're able to see what other work needs to be pulled into that, that also needs to be prioritized, and then we have a better picture of the capacity we're gonna need. So that's one of the ways you can address capacity planning is start at the beginning, start at the start, start before the projects ever begin. Now, what if you have that part handled and then you get into execution and people realize, well, wait a minute, we don't even really understand the goals of each of these projects. How do we know what success looks like? Well, that's gotta be addressed before you actually start the project. And that's where you can do things like better intake processes for projects, better scoping and planning of projects, and absolutely having a clear, simple business case that helps everyone understand why this project is being done and what the benefits and real value return on investment will be for that project. What's the success criteria and what's the worth it factor? How do we know that this project will be successful? What would we measure? And how do we make sure that it was worth doing in the first place by making sure it doesn't end up costing more than the benefit we expect to get? We call that the worth it factor or your impact metric or simply return on investment. When you set that stage, it's so much easier for the people doing the work to not waste cycles, but actually be productive in the time that they have. And it helps with capacity planning because it's super clear what you're gonna need to get to those success criteria, right? If you know what success looks like because you have clear business cases, it's a lot easier to say, okay, I know how to get there now. Now, of course, you have to do all the goodness of planning projects and executing on those projects well in alignment with the goals and then ensuring that those goals are being maintained and achieved along the way. You got to do the work of good planning and delivery of projects. But most of the reasons that projects fail has nothing to do with the actual project lifecycle and everything to do with those projects being set up for failure before they ever started. So you want to fix capacity planning. You have to go back to all the activities that need to happen before those projects ever start, not just for the individual project, like the business cases, but across the entire portfolio of initiatives. And then once you've done that, it's a lot easier to allocate resources to projects. But here's a little secret that many people don't realize. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. What do I mean? Just because you can start a project because you have 10% of one resource and maybe 20% of another, doesn't mean you should. When you have 10% of a resource across 10 different projects, I can guarantee you, you're probably only getting about 2% of capacity on each of those projects. 
you don't have a capacity planning problem at this point. You have a problem with lack of focus and just complete distraction because that person that is 10% on 10 projects is spending so much of their time task switching and responding to the squeaky wheel. Yeah, it's probably you or one person on your team, right? The project managers know how to be quite squeaky when they're not getting the resource time that they're supposed to to move their project forward. The problem with that is, is that all this person is ending up doing, especially when they're those key subject matter experts that you have so few of, they end up dividing their time so much that they can't get any work done. Now, my pal Mike Hannon teaches a technique that we've talked about on here. We talk about it at the summit. We certainly dive deep into it in our Impact Accelerator Mastermind is this concept of staggering. Staggering helps you do the projects when you actually have the people to do the work. Wow, what a concept. So simple, yet so elusive for so many. And I'll tell you why. Because the executives are hungry to get their work done first. And so instead of waiting three months and then being able to get their project done in half the time, they want it started now because they're incredibly impatient and they think that they might not get it done if it doesn't start now. What those executives don't realize, and you must teach them, is that when you're spreading these resources so thinly, allocating these resources across a gazillion different projects instead of just a core set of the most important priorities to make sure they get done first, is that you would actually get those projects done faster if you did it that way. And the fact that you're not means that they may never get their project done, or if they do, it's going to be done with lower quality, take two to five times longer or even worse, and not achieve the business goals. So staggering solves for this. Instead of allocating resources across every single project you could do, instead, simplify. If you have prioritization, it is easy to do staggering. Okay, okay. Not easy, easy, because you're going to have to spend some time educating people on why this approach works so well. That's what we've taught our mastermind students is how to effectively do this, communicate it, and make sure that people understand why this concept works so well and how they're gonna actually get much greater bang for their buck and a lot more projects done for the year. So you have to understand how to set people up for doing this, but when you do staggering, you're gonna see such an improvement and then throughput of projects and being able to get them done in a way that doesn't totally stress out all of your subject matter experts that are being pulled in too many directions. So if you have a resource allocation problem, it's probably because you're over allocating resources to too many projects and they're spending up to 40% of their time actually task switching and wasting time instead of being productive getting work done. Whereas if you could keep them focused on, I don't know, one, two, maybe three projects at a time that allows them blocks to be focused and get work done, you'll see that you can get so many more projects done in a year. But this takes some effort. It's easy to see the solution but it's only easy to execute that solution if you truly educate people and bring them with you through this change process. Now, here's one more challenge I'm gonna talk about that we really need to debunk, the myth that we need to debunk. Resource utilization is being done all wrong. You see, executives see resources sitting around not doing much, or okay, you had five to 10% of capacity available to them on your reports, and they're like, wait, why isn't that person fully utilized? Because, I don't know, they have... 20 meetings to do a week and they actually need time to read the 40 emails you send them and oh by the way 15 other reasons right so it is a mistake to try and have a resources capacity at 100% or maybe even 90% utilized on projects 
You're not giving them space to breathe, think, or actually respond to the 836 emails they have in their inbox, which might have nothing to do with those projects at all. So instead, we need to look at how do we optimally utilize resources and allocate them to the right number of projects at the right time and make sure that their utilization is realistic. It's not realistic to have a project person dedicated to a project or a set of projects 100% of their time because there is an administrative overhead tied to projects that most people are not accounting for. And the more projects you have that person tied to, the less you can actually utilize them on cross projects because they have all that task switching time that they're wasting. So if you have somebody spread across a ton of different projects, you need to maybe say, only have them at 50% because that other 50% or at least 40% is gonna be task switching, responding to the squeaky wheel, and not actually getting productive work done. You see the downward spiral? The reason that so many organizations have a resource management problem is because of these things that have nothing to do with getting project work done. It's all about setting those projects up for success before they start, and then making sure that those project people are actually set up themselves to be successful. So you wanna look at strategic alignment, project prioritization, staggering of projects so they can actually happen when you have the focus and energy of the resources to do the work, not just because the budget year started. And then you stagger the work throughout the year so that those people that are doing the work have a chance of actually being successful. And they have to have the information they need in front of them, like business cases and an understanding of what success looks like, impact metrics, success criteria, and a clear line of sight between that strategic priority, that strategic focus, and how this project is helping to move the needle for the organization. If you do all of those things, you don't have to throw more people at it. In fact, you can get a lot more work done in a year with the same number of people you have. Imagine if you were able to go into your executives and say that. Well, guess what? You can. And here's your permission to do so. Because I've just given you several ways that you can accelerate the impact of your organization's strategic goals without adding any more resources to the projects. Okay, I hope I've given you some things to think about. I want to hear what you have to say about this episode. So make sure when you find it online that you share a post about what you think about this episode, where it's working for you, what other challenges you see related to resource management, and we'll start brainstorming on ways to solve them. Or of course, you can join the Impact Engine system and our Impact Accelerator Mastermind, where we are solving these problems every single day in organizations all around the world. If you want our best kept secrets with over a century of combined experience in helping organizations achieve their goals, then you've got to be in the Impact Engine system. If you have to build an organization, rescue one, if you're a consultant and you're looking to apply our Impact Engine system inside organizations, if you are responsible for accelerating the impact of your organization's strategy, which by the way, if you're listening to this podcast, you are, then you should be inside the Impact Engine system and the Mastermind, which is the only place that I am, besides working with consultants, supporting people directly every single day. I know and love my Impact Accelerator Mastermind students, and if you're one of them, huge shout out. I cannot wait for our next coaching call. And in the meantime, I'd love to see you inside the Impact Engine system, learning all of our techniques for building, elevating, or even rescuing 
a PMO or other strategy or transformation team. Just go into a browser and type pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. That's pmostrategies.com forward slash IES. That's right. Unless you're driving, go do it right now and let me know what you think. I can't wait to see you in there. All right, Impact Driver, that's it for this episode. Make sure you download these episodes and hit that subscribe button so that these episodes are with you no matter where your high impact journey takes you. And if you are loving what you are hearing on this podcast, please give us a rating, review, share it with your peers, because there are so many people around the world that could benefit from what we're sharing for free on this podcast every single week. And we need to work together to help organizations around the world make a bigger impact and bring everyone with us through that change process. I can't wait to see you inside our programs and I hope you have a high impact week. Bye-bye for now. 